from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into the show, I just want to thank all my subscribers from all over the world. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for following the podcast and following us on Instagram at Fight for Wednesday Night. So, before we get into the show, I do want to say rest in peace to the beloved Vanguard One. Tonight, we've seen a brutal, brutal attack that led to the murder of Vanguard One and... I just want to say I hope that the inner circle feels ashamed of themselves. I don't know if there is a warrant for the arrest of Chris Jericho and his pain maker posse, but there should be because what we've seen was just a disgusting attack to the likes of I've something I've never seen on TV before. But anyway, what an episode of AEW Dynamite. This was an amazing show. Another great live episode of AEW Dynamite. We started again with the pyro. We had the old intro song that they had last year that we haven't seen in a long time. And so I'll come back on last week's episode. We brought that back, which is really cool. This week's episode started with Jake the Snake and Lance Archer coming out. Lance Archer came out tossing a a production guy, I'm guessing it was. Jake the Snake cut a promo saying that he was asked to apologize to Brandy Rhodes and... The day that happens is the day that Brandy comes out and kisses his ass. He played like that typical, I guess, like old school male, like women should be in the kitchen. He was saying that he feels like a woman's role should be in the kitchen and pleasing her man. So I guess they're playing like a role like misogynist character here with uh, Jake the Snake, which is cool because it's just going to generate a lot more heel heat. I'm sure like people are probably watching this expecting a lot of backlash. If this was WWE, I'm sure they would get the backlash. And they, WWE wouldn't go this route. Where AEW does this to push the envelope because they are the alternative. And basically, they don't give a damn what people think or if there's going to be backlash. Because, you know what? It's a show. We all know this is a show. They're not scared to offend anybody. Which is really cool to see because in other companies, it just seems like, oh, we're not going to step on any toes. But, whatever. This was really cool, and in very Stone Cold Steve Austin-like form, Cody Rhodes in his Ford F-150, which is a beautiful freaking car, by the way, comes driving into Daly's place, and he's a man on a mission. It only took seven days for him to want to get revenge on Jake the Snake and Lance Archer, but he's here, and this leads to a big brawl between Cody Rhodes and Lance Archer, which was cool to see. It's nice to see that we're going to see this fire out of 
Cody Rhodes, especially after what happened last week to Brandy Rhodes, it's cool to see that Cody Rhodes wants revenge. And it's only building up to what is going to be a very emotional, like a very emotional blood feud match, which is Cody's specialty with Lance Archer. If you notice on every pay-per-view, Cody Rhodes has the most emotional match on the show. Or at least like he's in the deepest feud on the show. So this is no different. I think that, once again, Cody Rhodes is going to be in the most emotional match going into Double or Nothing in his match against Lance Archer. After this, we had a a really cool package on the tag team division and how AEW puts a spotlight on tag. They showed the original rally before AEW's first show last year where the Young Bucks said that they're going to put a spotlight on tag teams. And basically, since that proclamation, AEW has done just that. We've seen... Probably the best match in AEW history being a tag match. From their very start, there was a spotlight on tag team wrestling. And it's nice to see because in other promotions, we're, we're not really seeing that spotlight on tag teams. And AEW has the best tag team division in all of wrestling. That division is just stacked. This led to a tag team match between the Best Friends and Jurassic Express, which are two fan favorite teams. They're two cult following teams. They have a buzz... You know, we have uh, Orange Cassie on the outside. We have Marco Stun on the outside. A lot of people love Luchasaurus. So there's a lot to like about this match. Together, they have really good chemistry, these two teams. They had a really good match. I really enjoy the pairing of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Like, there's been multiple pairings in the Jurassic Express. Sometimes it's Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. Sometimes it's Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt. But the best pairing, in my opinion, is Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. It's very reminiscent of Kane and X-Pac to me, which was one of my favorite tag teams growing up. So, yeah, this match was pretty good. At the end of it, though, MJF attacks... Well, he interferes and he attacks Jungle Boy, which is leading up to the match that they're going to have at Double or Nothing. It's a match between two of like the top young talents in AEW. But, yeah, so he interferes. We also see Phoenix interfere, and he attacks... Orange Cassidy. It looked like Orange Cassidy was going to get involved in the match, and then Phoenix interferes. Phoenix is going to be in the casino ladder match with Orange Cassidy, so that's what, I guess, that's why they did that. But then after the best friends win, we've seen Wardlow attack Marco Stunt in a vicious, vicious way. He tosses Marco Stunt into the guardrail, and it just looked devastating. This is going to lead to a match between MJF and Marco Stunt next week, which was built up later on in the show. But yeah, Marco Stunt, he's just getting mauled by these giants on a week-to-week basis. I don't know how he's going to get his comeuppance, but yeah, Marco Stunt's just been being tossed like a ragdoll by all the hosses and big men in AEW as of late. After this, we got a really good four-way match between the women of AEW. Penelope Ford, Hikaru Shida, Chris Statlander, and Britt Baker had a wonderful four-way match. Um, the AEW women's division has been getting better on a weekly basis. We have been seeing better matches out of them, and I think that they're starting to hit their stride. They have a good champion in Nyla Rose who's going to be playing like that big beast monster who you know, no, everyone's going to be gunning for, but no one seems to like be able to stop. Which is the perfect role for Nyla Rose. We have Britt Baker really coming to her own with this heel persona of the role model. Hikaru Shida is really proving that she's one of the best on the division. Penelope Ford is very athletic and she has promise. And Chris Stalander, we all know that she's a really good wrestler who's 
at any point could be thrown into the title picture and will belong there. So this was a very good four-way match. Hikaru Shida wins it, and this was basically a number one contendership match without saying it was a number one contendership match because later on in the night, the winner of this match was crowned a number one contender. But Hikaru Shida won, and I think it's well overdue that we're getting a Hikaru Shida title match because since she's been on TV in AEW, she's been one of the most consistent performers in AEW in that division. So that was a good match. And I also think that we're getting a Britt Baker, Chris Statlander feud going forward because even after the match, Britt Baker had the lock draw on Chris Statlander. So yeah, I'm really happy to see that. We got Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy teaming up once again on this episode of AEW Dynamite, and they're going against the pairing of Santana and Ortiz this week. This was a really good match. It was great to see Santana and Ortiz back in the ring because it's been a while since we've seen them on AEW television. I like the pairing of Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega. It's not Kenny Omega and Hangman, nor is it Matt and Jeff, but it was a really good match, and I think that they have really good chemistry. Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy win this match. Every time you see Broken Matt Hardy on TV, it's very entertaining in my opinion. Kenny Omega is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And Santana Ortiz are probably top three or four best tag teams in the world. So this match was going to deliver no matter what they did. And it did deliver. It was a really good match. The next matchup on the show was a squash match for MJF. He was going against Lee Johnson. Now... MJF hasn't had a match on the show for a while, even before the pandemic. I think the last match he had was a six-man match against, I believe he was going against the Elite. I'm not even so like sure. It's been so long since I've seen him wrestle on the show. It was really cool to see him back on the show. He played that cocky heel. like This was like an effortless win for him. and It was really cool to see he then got on the mic and he was calling out Jungle Boy he says that next week he's going to face Marco Stunt. It's just good to see MJF on TV. Like I said, this guy was being he was being built as one of the top heels, if not the top heel in AEW, and then we haven't seen him in a while. Then we get promos here and there, but it's not too often that we see MJF in a match, and I think that MJF needs to be on every single week because he's one of those guys who could cut a great promo. He's one of those guys who could just... He just adds so much to the show, and I just want to see more of MJF on this show. So hopefully going forward, we get it. After this, we finally get the showdown that everybody's been waiting for. The match that people have been clamoring for. The match that's been built up for weeks. We got Chris Jericho versus Pineapple Pete. Now... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Pineapple Pete, Suge D, he's been in the crowd, and Chris Jericho has been on his case since he's been in AEW, and we finally got the showdown. It didn't last too long, though. Pineapple Pete came out hot and heavy, but just one Judas effect, and that put him down for three. But what really is the story of this show is what came after this. The whole elite, well, the whole inner circle comes into the ring. Chris Jericho cuts a promo saying that he challenges the inner, well, he challenges the elite. Sorry, I can't get it right here. He challenges the elite to a match at Double or Nothing. He wants to have a match, the first ever stadium stampede match, where I guess it's going to be a five-on-five where they brawl all over the Jacksonville Jaguars football stadium because the match will be taking place inside the actual Jacksonville Jaguars stadium. So I'm guessing it's going to be Hangman, Matt Hardy, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega versus the Inner Circle. But as Chris Jericho is challenging the Inner Circle, well, oh my God, I can't get it right. I'm sorry, guys. As Chris Jericho is challenging the Elite to the the Stadium Stampede match, Vanguard 1 makes an appearance. He comes flying into the ring, and he has the shirt that Chris Jericho, well, was stolen from Chris Jericho a couple weeks back. Chris Jericho with his bat in his hand, he goes and he attacks Vanguard 1 in a brutal, vicious assault. The whole elite takes turns smashing Vanguard 1 into smithereens, people. Vanguard 1, the beloved compadre of Broken Matt Hardy, is just being brutalized here in the middle of an AEW ring. And it was hard to watch because this was a brutal, brutal attack from the inner circle to Vanguard 1. He was broken into pieces in the ring in front of all our eyes in a very emotional moment in AEW. Matt Hardy came out battling tears in his eyes and he was just distraught and devastated to see his friend Vanguard 1, his very loyal drone, his family member, inside the ring just broken to pieces. He was holding Vanguard 1 you could just tell that he was holding back the tears. This was hard to watch. I just want to say... I want to send my condolences to the friends and family of Vanguard 1. Thank you for the memories, Vanguard 1. Thank you. After this, it was announced that Mike Tyson is going to be making his AEW debut. I am Mike Tyson. I'm a huge Mike Tyson fan. He's going to be at Double or Nothing, and he's going to be crowning and giving the title, the TNT Championship, to the winner of the tournament between Cody and Lance Archer. I think that's going to add a lot to AEW to have someone to the caliber of Iron Mike Tyson on the show. We all know Mike Tyson's roles in wrestling in the past. We all know WrestleMania 14 when he was involved with the Stone Cold Shawn Michaels match. It's just great to see Mike Tyson back in wrestling and in AEW. We all know that Mike Tyson has been training for a possible return to the ring. Those videos of him like sparring or just like hitting the pads and he looks like he's still got it. So it's really cool to see that AEW is capitalizing on Mike Tyson's resurgence in pop culture at the moment. 
We then get the main event. Brody Lee versus Christopher Daniels. This seems to be a match that's been built up on a, like, on a quiet note for a long time. Ever since, I guess, they said that the Exalted One was coming, the SCU has been in a feud with Dark Order, and it was Christopher Daniels who was talked about as he may be the Exalted One, and then it didn't turn out to be Christopher Daniels, it turned out to be Brody Lee, and then the first night that Brody Lee debuts, they attacked the SCU, and SCU wasn't seen on TV for a while. Now they're back. So low-key, this has been a match that they have been building to. So it made sense, and I like that it was the main event. It was different. Brody Lee basically destroyed Christopher Daniels in this match. Christopher Daniels did get some offense in, but nothing that was too, I guess, devastating to Brody Lee. Brody Lee looked like a million bucks in this. I'm just baffled how this guy never got a big push in WWE, but... I'm glad he's here. Last week, he stole the title from John Moxley, and he was parading it to the ring this week, and he was calling himself the self-proclaimed AEW World Champion. This led to Moxley after... Well, Brody Lee wins the match, of course. Moxley comes out after the match, and he just basically destroys the whole Dark Order. He has a stare down with Brody Lee. Brody Lee retreats with the title, and Moxley says that at Double or Nothing, there's going to be violence Brody Lee's going to pay for his sins with interest, he says, which I'm really excited to see because, like I said last week, these two have feuded in the past in CZW, so I don't know what type of ultraviolet craziness is in the mind of John Moxley, but I'm very excited to see where this goes. I'm extremely excited for this main event because of the chemistry that these two have in the ring. The matches that they had in the past in WWE, in CZW, and in other indies, I'm really excited for this match. So that was AEW for May 13th. Another great show, not as good as last week, but a great show nonetheless. I'm going to give it a strong 8 out of 10. My match of the night was Santana and Ortiz versus Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy. I just really enjoyed that match. Like I said, I always love seeing Santana and Ortiz. Kenny Omega is one of my favorite wrestlers, and Matt Hardy is just super entertaining to watch. Performer of the night had to be Chris Jericho, once again showing on the mic, in the ring, no matter what role he's in, he is always spot on, he's always money, he's never going to give you a bad performance, and he's always going to leave you with something to talk about after the show ends, so yeah, Chris Jericho, week to week, really showing why he is the GOAT, in my opinion. So yeah, AEW still killing it, thank you guys for tuning in, tune in next week. Let's keep it rolling, stay positive, stay strong, and I'll catch you guys later. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.